Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore Spanish influence on other European composers, plus Spanish composers themselves. Among this illustrious group is the 20th century composer Manuel de Falla. His popular Spanish suite, which depicts different regions of Spain, will be featured on an upcoming concert here at Armstrong Auditorium when we present violin sensation Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde on Tuesday, November 28th. So stick around to find out what is so sweet about this suite today on Music for Life. In his book, Who's Afraid of Classical Music?, the incredibly witty music critic and author Michael Walsh was talking about Spanish composers. He said, About the time that Philip II hung up his pantaloons, the Spaniards went into a cultural slump for about 300 years. Aside from some lesser figures like Isaac Albéniz and Enrique Granados around the turn of this century, the pickings are fairly slim. As Yogi Berra or somebody once wondered, how come all great Spanish music was written by the French? Check it out, he writes. Ravel wrote the Rhapsody Espanole and Alvarado del Gracioso. Chabrier wrote España. Debussy wrote Soiree non Granada and Iberia. And Bizet wrote Carmen. Convinced? Michael Walsh asks. Think about that. The most famous opera of all time, arguably, is about a Spanish woman. It contains themes that we associate as being quintessentially Spanish music, and yet it was written by Georges Bizet, a Frenchman. Spanish culture certainly inspired a lot out of its French musical neighbors, but it also had an impact on many other composers from other countries as well. The Russian composer Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov wrote a famous suite called Capriccio Español, or Spanish Caprice. The Austrian composer Mozart wrote a fandango, or Spanish dance, in a ballet scene in his famous opera The Marriage of Figaro, which has its story set in Spain. Dances like the fandango and more commonly the Spanish Saraband, made their way into multiple suites of composers of non-Spanish heritage. But, as Michael Walsh said in that quote earlier, this cultural slump from Spanish composers ended around the turn of the 20th century. He mentioned Isaac Albéniz and Enrique Granados. The pool even grows larger if you include South American composers, as we've talked about on this program before. But staying exclusively in Spain, other great names that come up in the 20th century are Joaquin Rodrigo and Manuel de Falla. I gave a brief biological sketch of Rodrigo in episode 6 of Music for Life. I'd encourage you to check out the archives at kpcg.fm or SoundCloud or iTunes to find that one. But I want to dwell on Manuel de Falla today. Why? Well, we have an amazing program coming to Armstrong Auditorium on November 28th, and what we've been doing this season on Music for Life is discussing aspects of music history that relate directly to the upcoming programs at Armstrong. That's what our tagline, Enhancing the Armstrong Concert Experience, is all about. 
On Tuesday, November 28th, we will feature violinist Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde. Ray's program at Armstrong will be a dazzling display of fiddle fireworks, a program that we've dubbed Journey Across Europe, as it features repertoire from France, Belgium, Germany, Hungary, and Spain. More specifically, he will perform Beethoven's first violin sonata, the first violin sonata by Camille Saint-Saëns, the solo sonata by Belgian composer Izai, the ever-popular Hungarian folk arrangement by Vittoria Monti called Chardash, and the popular Spanish suite by Manuel de Falla. Now, we've talked about the sonatas by Beethoven, Isaiah, and Saint-Saëns on previous episodes. Again, all those are accessible on SoundCloud, iTunes, or at kpcg.fm. But today we will talk about this absolutely exquisite suite by Defaya, as well as a more general biographical sketch of this great composer of the 20th century. A composer whose image found itself on Spanish currency eventually. So we're talking about a heavily influential artist here, as I can't think of too many composers who ended up on money. And I hope even if you can't make it to these Armstrong performances or stream them online, that you will still enjoy and learn from our discussions of this wonderful composer and arguably his greatest masterpiece. I even got an email recently from a listener who's in high school and said just listening to this program, uh, the one we had on a style called Nuevo Tango, said the Music for Life episode was able to help her finish her homework (laughs) in physics, and it also introduced her to a new style that she absolutely loved. So again, you don't have to attend these concerts to get a lot out of these episodes. Now, before we get into the specific discussion of this Spanish suite, let's consider the cultural stirrings in Spain as it relates to composers of fine art music around the turn of the 20th century. Again, until that point, Spanish culture had influenced a number of non-Spanish composers, particularly French composers. As mentioned earlier, Spanish composers like Albéniz, Granados, Rodrigo, and Manuel de Falla wrote an assortment of works that made a significant mark, though, in the standard repertoire, and they brought a quintessential and authentic Spanish flavor to the scene. Again, we talked Rodrigo in an earlier episode. Another name worth mentioning is Pablo de Sarasate, who we played on a previous episode as well, his famous introduction in Tarantella for violin and piano. And we will talk about Defaya in this episode, but I'd briefly like to introduce you to Isaac Albaniz and Enrique Granados before we move on in our specific discussion of Defaya and his popular Spanish suite that Ray Chen will perform at Armstrong on November 28th. Isaac Albéniz was born in 1860 in Camperdon, Spain. He was notable as a piano prodigy early in his life and actually ran away from home twice, supporting himself on concert tours. He studied at the Leipzig Conservatory in Germany as a teen and soon after received a scholarship to study in Brussels. Although his original profession was that of a pianist, he started to take composing seriously in his 30s. And he studied composition with the father of the nationalist movement in Spanish music, Philippe Padre. Then in 1893, Albéniz moved to Paris, coming under the influence of multiple French composers, and he eventually died in 1909 in France. We're listening to Sevilla from his Suite Española, It was originally a piano suite, but later was transcribed for solo guitar and now serves as one of the great installments of the standard classical guitar repertoire. Here is a recording with guitarist Angel Romero. 
That was guitarist Angel Romero in that recording of Sevilla from a Spanish suite by Isaac Albéniz, one of the great composers from the turn of the 20th century in Spain. Another great composer of that time was Enrique Granados. Born in Lerida, Catalonia, Spain, Granados began his musical career in his teen years before receiving instruction in Barcelona from Philippe Pedre, the same composition teacher of Albéniz. As a pianist, he formed a trio with a Belgian violinist as well as the legendary Catalan cellist Pablo Casals. His compositions form heavily around the Spanish and Catalan folk ideas. After hosting the premiere of one of his operas in New York City, Granados was asked to give a piano recital for U.S. President Woodrow Wilson. Now Granados missed his ship home, though, and had to take a different one, the SS Sussex. The ship was tragically hit by the torpedo of a German U-boat, and Granados drowned in the incident, becoming a casualty of World War I there in 1916. We're listening to Valenciana from his Danzas Españolas, or Spanish Dances. This is a recording by pianist Alicia de la Rocha.
That was pianist Alicia de la Rocha performing Valenciana from Danzas Españolas by Enrique Granados. We have been listening to a couple of works by great Spanish composers alive around the turn of the 20th century, right when the Spaniards started making bigger waves in music history. Before the Granados, we heard a piece from the standard guitar repertoire composed by Isaac Albéniz. Both of these composers did great things for the musical culture of Spain, but arguably the most influential, if you judge by who made it onto Spanish money, <laughs> would be the composer Manuel de Falla. By 1970, he could be found on the 100 pesetas banknote. It's no longer used, but still a composer making it onto a national currency is a big accomplishment, if you ask me. Again, that name is Manuel de Falla. That surname is two words, D-E and then F-A-L-L-A. And the double L in Spanish gets the Y sound. So just like the Spanish garnish Pico de Gallo, we have the composer de Falla.
Defaya was born in 1876 in Cadiz, Spain. He began his piano lessons with his mother until going to Madrid to study piano and composition at the Royal Conservatory there. His composition teacher was, in fact, the same as those who taught Albaniz and Granados. In 1907, he moved to Paris, France, where he came into contact with the prominent French composers Paul Ducat, Maurice Ravel, and Claude Debussy. After publishing his first pieces and songs, he returned to Madrid in 1914, and it was there where he wrote music music inspired by Andalusia, the region of Spain from which he hailed. After moving to Granada, Spain, Defaya began composing in a style termed more neoclassical and more Castilian, as opposed to Andalusian. Defaya's works of this time include a puppet opera and even a concerto including a harpsichord, an antique sort of keyboard instrument by this point. In 1939, he moved to Argentina and remained there as fascism began to rise in Spain under the dictator Francisco Franco. There he he remained working on a cantata that he never finished due to his death in 1946. Let's hear an orchestral work of his from his more Andalusian period of composition. This features solo piano as well, more like a piano concerto, but he gave it more of a programmatic title, Nights in the Gardens of Spain. This is from the third and final movement, a movement titled In the Gardens of the Sierra de Cordoba. The nights aspect in the title indicates these are more like nocturnes or night music, which we explored last season in episode 38, Music for Night, and this piece fits that moniker well. We're here a recording I have here by pianist Angela Chang with the Calgary Philharmonic under the baton of Hans Graf.
Hey everyone, I'm violinist Ray Chen, and you're listening to Music for Life on KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring Spanish composers like Manuel de Falla, and as we'll get to next, his popular Spanish suite for violin, which will be performed by violinist Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde on Tuesday, November 28th, here at Armstrong. Now, let's specifically talk about this piece. It was originally written for voice and piano. The set was called Seven Popular Spanish Songs. Defaya wrote these songs in Paris around 1914, shortly before returning to Madrid. Harry Haskell writes that they, quote, draw on folk material characteristic of various regions of Spain, from Asturias in the north to Andalusia in the south, and are infused with the tragic ethos of the gypsy flamenco tradition, unquote. Donald Gislason writes, The work represents a musical travelogue through the regions of Spain, each song offering a glimpse into the daily life and eternal concerns of the common people. Defaya set these folk songs to what Gislason calls a piano part bristling with added note chords, strumming rhythms, and other effects richly suggestive of the sonorities of the Spanish guitar. Defaya worked with a violinist of his day to adapt these vocal works for violin and piano. And though the cycle had seven songs, the popular Spanish suite for violin comes only with six movements. They left the second song of the cycle out of the violin transcription. The six songs we are left with are what we will explore here. Each song is quite short, so what I want to do is play the original vocal version of the song first and then play the violin transcription second so you can hear how the vocal material is adapted on a string instrument, which I believe makes a fascinating comparison. The first song is called El Paño Moruno, or The Moorish Cloth. It is about a fine cloth selling for a lesser price because it has been stained, a metaphor that serves as a warning to young girls to maintain their chastity before marriage. We're going to use the recording of soprano Victoria de Los Angeles and pianist Alicia de la Rocha. We just heard soprano Victoria de Los Angeles and pianist Alicia de la Rocha performing El Paño Moruno, or The Moorish Cloth, a song that opens the seven popular Spanish songs by Manuel de Falla. Let's go ahead and hear the song now in the violin-piano transcription. You'll notice that the violin starts almost immediately with the piano, playing some of the intro, which a violin can do, instead of just waiting for the lyrics to start, as a singer would have to do. You'll hear constant use of the pizzicato, or plucked string technique, during the intro, and all the instrumental interludes. 
This adds almost guitar-like effects, which Spanish composers were known to use from time to time. We'll be listening to a recording of violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch. We just heard El Paño Moruno from the popular Spanish suite for violin and piano by Manuel de Falla. We are using a recording today by violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch. Again, these are based on the vocal work, seven popular Spanish songs. And again, six of these songs were transcribed for violin and piano under the supervision of the composer. Now, the flamenco-like second song is mostly repeated notes on rapid lyrics, and that was not included in the violin transcription. That's the one they skipped, probably because it works better in the voice with all that text, uh, better than it would with a violin just doing repeated notes. So we'll move on to what would be the third song in the vocal work, or the second song in the violin suite. This one is called Asturiana, or a song from Asturias in northern Spain. It's about a grieving individual seeking consolation at a pine tree, but they are so sad that the pine weeps with them. Listen to this mournful movement, the vocal version first. Again, this is from a recording of a live performance by soprano Victoria de Los Angeles and pianist Alicia de la Rocha. Thank you. 
That was the mournful Asturiana, or Song from Asturias, a region in northern Spain. All these songs represent different folk cultures across the country. Now listen to how this song is adapted for the violin and piano. In this rendition, the violin basically stays true to the vocal line, doing nothing more or less, other than the fact that the second verse is played an octave higher, making a more plaintive sound, I would say. The violinist is directed to use the mute, which is fastened down by the wooden bridge, and that dulls the sound in a way, or we could say it makes it a little darker, which I think you'll immediately hear when the violin comes in. gorgeous melancholy Asturiana movement from Manuel de Falla's popular Spanish suite based on a folk song from northern Spain and rendered exquisitely on the violin, which is equally able to portray the sadness of the subject matter upon which that song is based. We're listening to a recording of violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch. The next movement is a lively one. Again, all these depict various folk regions of Spain, and the next song is from Aragon in the northeast. The quick three-beat per bar meter, plus the rhythmic motive in the accompaniment, is meant to depict the rhythmic sound of castanets. This song is called Jota. Here is a translation of the text. They say we don't love each other because they never see us talking, but they only have to ask both your heart and mine. Now I bid you farewell, your house and your window too, and even your mother. Farewell, my sweetheart, until tomorrow. Again, we're hearing a live recording of soprano Victoria de Los Angeles and pianist Alicia de la Rocha. Oh! 
That was Jota from the seven popular Spanish songs by Manuel de Falla that was later converted into a great violin-piano work called the Popular Spanish Suite. The quick triple-meter rhythm evokes the idea of castanets in the folk music of northeast Spain, the region of Aragon. Now let's hear the rendition of the Popular Spanish Suite for violin and piano. As in a previous movement, this one has a long piano introduction before the singer comes in, but in the violin transcription, the violin plays along with the piano in that part, keeping it busy throughout nearly the entire work. The violin part is full of pizzicato, and this time plucking multiple strings at a time, very much like a guitar would do. Finally, the violin comes in on the vocal melody, as you would expect, then another guitar-like interlude, and then in like form to the previous song, the second verse is played an octave higher in the sweet upper range of the instrument. Enjoy Jota. Thank you. 
That was a lively movement from Manuel de Falla's popular Spanish suite for violin and piano titled Jota. We're hearing a recording of violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch, and we've been comparing these to the original vocal versions that Defia wrote. We will hear this on the Armstrong Auditorium stage on Tuesday, November 28th, when we present violinist Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde. The next movement is probably my favorite, Nana. It is simply a lullaby, but exquisitely beautiful. It is from Andalusia. Remember, these are folk songs from all over Spain. And it has been said to be the lullaby Defaya's mother sang to him when he was younger. And Defaya sets the piano, or guitar in this case, as we'll hear in a recording, in an ingenious way. You'll hear a syncopating pedal point or repeated note underneath the light lilt of this accompaniment. It lends itself to the listener being lulled to sleep. As mentioned, these pieces were originally written for voice and piano, and we will hear it in violin piano form on the Armstrong Auditorium stage. But the vocal version was also arranged to include guitar accompaniment instead of piano, adding even more to the Spanish flavor. And I want to divert from the vocal piano recording we've been using here today and use a recording of a soprano with a guitar for this movement. And I'm partial to this one because not only is this a live performance here at Armstrong Auditorium, it features my wife, Paula Malone, as the soprano. And she is performing here with the incomparable guitarist, Pepe Romero. Live from Armstrong Auditorium, as you might have guessed from a worrisome cough in there from one of our patrons, that was guitarist Pepe Romero with my wife, soprano Paula Malone, in the tender Nana from Manuel de Falla's seven popular Spanish songs. This is one of the six songs taken from that song cycle and turned into a violin piano suite. And so let's go back to our violin piano recording and hear how this is treated in this arrangement. As with a previous slow movement we heard, the violin simply plays where the vocalist would have sung, 
and the violin uses the mute for a darker, warmer, even smokier effect. Also listen for the moment in one of the repetitive stanzas where the violin goes up one octave into the higher range of the instrument for melodic variety. We've been hearing a recording of violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch on today's Music for Life as we explore Manuel de Falla's popular Spanish suite that was the touching lullaby movement titled Nana, supposedly the lullaby that de Falla's mother sang to him when he was younger. The next movement in the song cycle and the suite is titled Cancion, or literally Song. It is a well-known song all over Spain, another one on the subject of love, love sickness in this particular case. We will go back to our recording of soprano Victoria de Los Angeles and pianist Alicia de la Rocha to hear this whimsical movement.
That was Cancion, or Song, a well-known Spanish folk song that Manuel de Falla includes in his popular Spanish suite. We're going to hear the violin transcription of this next in contrast. Now, you have heard me say a few times on today's program that when the violin plays these vocal lines, it commonly goes up an octave on a second verse. What I've been implying is that these pieces are in what we call strophic form, where the musical material repeats over and over, but the words are different each time, as many songs are, or many hymns in particular are. The same music, different words each time. So when you set a strophic song for an instrument that can't sing lyrics, well, the melody might just sound repetitive if it just keeps playing over and over. This is why the arrangement calls for the violin to go up an octave for instrumental variety, since without the singer we have no textual variety. The variety is especially evident in this movement as the violin is directed to play very high on one verse, what are called harmonics, where the complete tone isn't ringing, and so the sound is very thin, almost like a whistle. I think you'll enjoy that. Also in the verse following that one, listen for the violin to play the melody while playing other strings, giving the sound a thick, crunchy effect. was the whimsical Canción, transcribed for violin and piano from the popular Spanish suite by Manuel de Falla. We've been hearing a recording by violinist Ilia Caller and pianist Leonid Bloch. The final song in the cycle coming up is Polo, another from the Andalusian region. The subject matter of the text is the scorn felt toward an unfaithful lover, and you hear that energy translated into the flamenco-like treatment of the music. The piano very aptly impersonates the strumming of a guitar. Here's the vocal version first.
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored Spanish composers like Isaac Albéniz, Enrique Granados, and more specifically, the cultural hero Manuel de Falla. We have been discussing his popular Spanish suite for violin, which will be performed by violinist Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde on Tuesday, November 28th. These folk songs were originally set for voice and piano. We just heard the final song of the cycle, Polo, in that version Defia wrote for voice and piano. And I've been playing these opposite of the violin transcription Defia made of these songs for a comparison. For the vocal version, I've been using mostly a recording of Victoria de Los Angeles soprano and Alicia de la Rocha piano. To close today's program, let's hear the violin transcription of this piece. And this is what will close this popular Spanish suite by Manuel de Falla when violinist Ray Chen and pianist Julio Elizalde perform this on our stage here at Armstrong in Edmond, Oklahoma. Before we hear that, I'd like to thank my son Seth Malone for all his research and production support for today's episode, as well as the help of my wife Paula, who consulted on this episode, having performed these songs herself with the legendary guitarist Pepe Romero. You can find more information about this upcoming performance with Ray Chen at armstrongauditorium.org. Music for Life also posts pertinent information on social media if you would like to follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Music for Life PCG. All right, as promised, here is the final song of Defia's popular Spanish suite. For the violin suite today, we have been using a recording of violinist Ilya Kaller and pianist Leonid Bloch. And this again is Polo. I hope you enjoy and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong. You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.